Hey, Carl here. This season, Short and Curly has taken a trip to New York in the United States of America. Molly stayed home because she doesn't like travelling on aeroplanes. Or boats. Or helicopters. Or spaceships. Or just basically anything that could actually get her here. But we'll be back together next season. Instead, on this trip, I've been hanging out with my American co-host, Shumita. She's really lovely, and she's been showing me around the city. Oh, and here she is now. Hey, Shumita. Hey, Carl. Oh, sweet. You got some chocolate cake there? Mm-hmm. There's, like, a whole one sitting in the fridge. Wait a second. You, you mean Amy's birthday cake? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Shumita, you, you can't be eating that. It's hers. Oh, relax, Carl. I only took this little tiny bit. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm telling on you, Shumita. No, no, Carl, come on. You can't. No, that's it, Shumita. I'm dobbing on you. Dobbing? Well, yeah, in, in Australia, if you tell on someone, you're a dobber. Oh, well, here in America, we call a dobber a snitch. A snitch? Isn't that the golden thing that Harry Potter chases in Quidditch? Oh, yeah, I guess so. But anyway, what it's called is not the point. What you're doing right now is just totally wrong. Oh, Carl, lighten up. I bet there's tons of situations where the right thing to do would be to not tell on someone. And, you know, just keep the secret. Like with this little tiny slice of cake right here. <sighs> Prove it. Today on Short and Curly, we're looking at ratting. Snitching. Dobbing. Tattling. And telling on someone. When is it okay to snitch on someone? And when isn't it? Mmm, Carl, this cake is so yummy. Are you sure you don't want to try some? Unbelievable and ravenously so hungry. No one's going to notice. It's so tiny. Hello, and today you're listening. Short, you're listening to Short and Curly. And Curly. Yay! Short and Curly! Curly, 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 Curly. Short and Curly. Today, we've got three little stories, all set in a school. With each story, we want you to decide whether it's right to tell on someone or not. And we've got some school kids from New York to help act out these stories for you. Story number one! So picture this. You're at school, and it's time for your sports class. Or, as we call it in America, gym class. Your whole class is there, you've got your sports gear on... And you're all about to play a game of dodgeball. And your friend Allie is super excited about it. She loves sports, and she's kind of a daredevil. Yeah, I love dodgeball. You weren't that happy when I got you out last time. Oh, that? That was just a lucky shot. Come on. Okay, we'll see this time. Mm -hmm, Bring it on. Okay, let's go. When you walk in, your teacher lines everyone up, and then she goes off to get some dodgeballs. While I'm away, no messing around. And don't touch any of this stuff I've set up here. It's all set up for the after-school gymnastics squad. Oh my gosh, look, there's a climbing rope. I'm still going to climb that. Are you serious? There's no mats down. You can fall. So what? I have good arm strength. This does not look like a good idea. Of course it is. Don't worry. At this point, the whole class is watching. And some are even cheering her on. It looks pretty fun. But it's kind of dangerous, too. Only the most experienced senior gymnastics students are allowed to use the climbing rope. And only ever with a mat underneath and a teacher supervising. But there's no mat, no teacher, and Allie's already 10 feet off the ground and climbing higher. So 
what do you do? Do you tell on Ali or not? Now, you listening at home or in the car or in your very own school, wherever you are, you can think about whether you would tell on Ali or not for our first question. For every episode of Short and Curly, we'll have a few moments where we'll play some music and you can pause the show if you'd like to think about our question or you can chat about it with those around you. And our first question is, would you tell on a classmate in this situation? Hit pause now. Well, let's hear from some other people on this one. On every show, we have a team of students from around the country or around the world who become our brains trust, and they offer their thoughts and their ideas. So would they tell the teacher or not? I would just mind my own business because it'd be their fault if they fell or anything, and then they'd be the one to get in trouble anyways. I wouldn't do anything. I don't want, like, someone to get hurt. But in the person's eyes that is climbing, you're uh, trying to tell on them. Like, if I was a person on the rope and and someone's, like, told on me, like, I would call them a snitch, definitely. Like, 100%. <laughs> well, I think if you're not a part of it, then just don't get into it. I would probably tell the teacher for the kids' safety, because if they did fail, then I would probably feel a little bit responsible because I could have maybe prevented it. At first, I would like try to help her down if she gets stuck, and then I would tell the teacher if she's still up there. See, Shamita, I'm right to be telling on you for destroying Amy's beautiful birthday cake. No, no, wait. I mean, okay, sure, you're right. In that situation, maybe it is okay to tell your teacher about Allie because she's putting herself in danger. No one's in any kind of danger just because I ate a little piece of cake. Look, let's ask Short and Curly's very own philosopher, Jennifer Morton, from City College of New York, what she thinks about the situation with Ali and the climbing rope. Hi, Jen. Hi. So a lot of kids and adults think that there's something wrong with snitching. Not you too, Jen. Snitching? Carl, this is New York. We're sticking with snitching. So we don't like snitches, but it's really hard to figure out exactly why. So a snitch seems like someone that is disloyal, and we want our friends and our family to be loyal to us, to have our backs. Exactly, Carl. But in this case, we also should think about why the rule is in place. What's the rule there for? And it seems like the rule is there to protect kids like Allie from getting hurt. So maybe in this case, if you really care about Allie, you should really think about whether snitching might be the right thing to do, although it seems disloyal on the face of it. Right, so being loyal to your friend might mean actually dobbing on them in this situation. Exactly. You want your friends to be loyal to you, but you also want them to take care of you, to make sure that you don't get hurt. And in this case, it does seem like Ali's putting herself in serious physical danger, and she might be putting the other kids into danger too. Jen, it sounds like either way, you're really trying to protect your friend, right? If you tell on her, you're trying to protect her from inflicting harm on herself. But if you don't tell on her, you're trying to protect her right to just climb that rope and do what she wants to and ignore that rule because she knows that she's a good climber and she's going to get even better if she pushes herself. So what do you do? That's a really good point, Shumita. And I think that in this case, 
what Ali's doing, potentially you shouldn't have to hurt anybody else. She's taken a risk and she's made her own decision about the risk that she wants to take and she wants to get better at climbing. And so it seems like maybe we should let her climb up the rope and see if she can do it. Exactly, Carl. See, this is why you shouldn't snitch. But the problem is that Ali might not be in a good position to know her physical limits. And I think sometimes kids have trouble with some of the rules that adults make to protect them from physical harm. But it's also hard as a kid to know how much you can push yourself. And so there is this give and take between adults and kids on how much freedom we allow kids to have over their physical bodies and over the kind of danger that they take. Thanks, Dr. Jen. Are you eating more of Amy's chocolate cake? I don't worry about it. Look, in that situation, maybe it's okay to tell on your friend because they're actually at risk of hurting themselves. But this little piece of cake, it's no biggie. I mean, sure, this whole cake business has nothing to do with danger, but it does have a whole lot to do with justice and fairness. Story number two! In this next story, you're in a pretty different setting. But you're still at school, right? Yeah, but this time you're in class. There are beakers and bottles around the room, and there are a few kids at the back making a diorama of the ocean. Let me guess. You're in science class? Exactly. And like most of the class, you're doing some geology exercises in your workbook. (sighs) What? I always found geology kind of boring. Shamita, come on. Geology rocks. Carl, you exhaust me. (laughs) I'll just ignore that. Your friend Sean is sitting next to you. And like Shumita, he isn't really into learning about rocks. Mm -hmm. I'm liking this Sean guy. Your friend Sean's pulled out his mobile phone in class, and he's playing this super cool new strategy game where you have to conquer kingdoms, and you're using, like, dwarves and elves, and there are massive battles against, like, goblins and... Okay, Carl, focus. Besides, this game does not sound class-related. Sorry. But the thing is, you have a super strict science teacher, Mr. Garcia. If anyone is caught using a cell phone in my classroom, I will confiscate it for a week. And you will have the privilege of spending two weeks worth of recess with me in detention. Whoa, he means business. He's also been known to put whole classes in detention sometimes. And you remember this when you see your classmate Sean playing on his phone. Oh, God, come on, come on, come on. He's chasing me again. No, 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 no. So you whisper to him. Sean, put the phone away. Yeah, I'm about to get this power. Yes, I'm flying. Sean, you're going to get us all in trouble. Dude, calm down. Besides, this is way more important. It's the last level. Video games is not your life. No, 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 <gasps> You're in big trouble. Uh-oh. This is not good. Sean manages to switch the phone off super quickly and hides it away in his pocket. Everyone just stop what you're doing. You know the rules. No phones at school. Just this morning, I told you what would happen if you took out your phone in my classroom and someone already has ignored me. He's way more strict than the other teachers about this rule. That's true. So, your friend Sean thinks he's gotten away with it, and he's just kind of playing along, looking around the classroom like everyone else is. And it looks like you were the only one who noticed it was him playing on the phone. He was breaking the rules. That just doesn't seem fair. Let's hear what our brains trust of actual real-life school children said they'd do. I don't think the rule's unfair. You're here to learn. After school is when you should be playing on your phone. I wouldn't tell, but if it happened multiple times, I would tell. 
Uh, I probably wouldn't tell. Let them learn the consequence instead of me telling them. If they break a rule, I'm one of the people that would just go straight and tell because I just don't, like, you guys know what I mean? Like, I hate when I break the rules. I know I break the rules a lot, and people get mad at me because I, I tell on them when they break the rules, but then I break the rules as well. You, you wouldn't like to tell on them, but you feel like it's the right thing, but, like, you don't want to lose that friend. I would probably tell just so it doesn't happen in other classes or more kids. I mean, I'm a rule follower. If I break the rules, I get in trouble. And so um, I follow the rules, and if somebody doesn't, it bothers me, and so then I go and tell. Well, I agree with the girl who said she's a rule follower. If you break the rules, you should get in trouble. Like if you're stealing someone's cake, Shamita? I think we should ask our philosopher, Jen Morton, what she thinks. Yeah, Jen, what do you reckon? Uh, oh, oh, sorry, guys. I was checking my text messages. Your <sighs> phone, Jen? <sighs> sorry. So we might approach this case by really thinking through the consequences. What would happen if you told on Sean? Well, we know that he'd get into really big trouble with Mr. Garcia. But he might also learn a lesson, and the rest of the class would learn a lesson, too, to not use their cell phones in class. No, Jen, I, I really think this rule is unfair. I mean, having your phone taken away for a whole week? Isn't that a little too harsh? That does seem too harsh. So maybe one big difference between this case and the first case that we looked at is that the rule in this case seems really unfair. So the rule that the teacher had not to climb up the rope Seems like a pretty good rule. It's there to protect the students from getting hurt. But the rule that if you use your phone in class, you have to give it up for a whole week seems really unjust. Maybe way too harsh. But everyone knows the rules in the class. So isn't the fair thing to abide by those rules? Well, imagine that I had a rule that if you use your cell phone in my class, I would cut your head off. <gasps> Jen, no. Now, I don't think you would say the same thing in that case. You wouldn't say, well, we should all abide by the rules because, you know, we all knew the rules beforehand and we all knew we'd get our head cut off if we used our phone. That rule seems blatantly unjust. I think I'm okay with giving up my phone for a week now. So does that mean then if I think the consequences are too harsh, I can just ignore the rule? Well, that gets really tricky because what would happen if everybody ignored the rules in the school whenever they thought that the rule was too harsh? I think I'd probably be on my phone all the time. And I think the classroom might, like, descend into chaos. It'd be crazy in there. Exactly. So we don't want to allow that every student just gets to ignore a rule every time they think a rule is unjust or unfair. So if you don't like a rule and you think it's unfair and you see someone breaking the rule— is it okay to just not tell on them? It's not quite so simple. So if we think the rules are there for a purpose, one thing you might think about is whether you can change the rule. What's tricky about the case of Mr. Garcia is that as students, there really isn't a lot you can do to get Mr. Garcia to change the rule. And that's why in some cases like this, it can feel like the rule is arbitrary, like it's being imposed on you and you have no power over changing them. And that can be really frustrating. Thanks, Jen. Okay, let's take a moment now to think about what you'd do in that situation for our second thinking question. 
Would you tell on your classmate for playing with their phone when they weren't supposed to? Hit pause now. All right, and so with the cake you stole. Oh, not this again. Well, think about it. I'm in a pretty similar situation here. Sure, I don't want to tell Amy you stole her cake because you and I are friends. But at the same time, it feels like it would be fair if she found out it was you. Hmm. I guess I see what you mean. But there is one other thing you've got to add to the equation before you make this decision, Carl. Oh yeah, what's that? Okay, hear me out. I'll explain it with our third snitching story, or as you'd say, dobbing story. Well, even with the correct word, <laughs> I don't think you could change my mind. But okay, I'm listening. Story number three. Okay, so you're heading into your school assembly. Testing, testing. Good morning, everyone. I have a very serious announcement to make. As you all know, earlier this week we just finished repainting the primary school building, including the bathrooms. But we've just found out that the boys' bathroom has been vandalized. <laughs> Settle down, everybody. Settle down, quiet, please. I'll wait. I'll wait till you're all finished. There are a bunch of little smiling poop emojis. All over the walls and dividers in the bathroom. <laughs> Amazing. And they're drawn on with spray paint and markers. This is a very serious problem, as it will cost the school a lot of money to repaint the bathrooms. So, if you know who did this, I ask you to tell me or your teacher about it immediately after the assembly. Whoa, that's so bad. But also, those emojis kind of sound funny. Of course, they're funny. That's my most used emoji, and the ones in the bathroom are actually really well drawn. So wait, let me guess. You know who did it, right? Exactly. And after the assembly, you're walking out with your friend who says, "Oh my God, did you hear the principal? They said that there was poop emojis everywhere. I want to go inside and check it out. I know, right? It's on the stalls in the bathroom everywhere." I wish I knew who did it. Yeah, about that. Wait a second. You know? You have to promise you can't tell anyone. I promise. It was. But then you see out of the corner of your eye your teacher standing right behind you. <gasps> oh no! Listen, I need you to tell me now who did the graffiti. Um, no. Yeah, I wish I knew who it was. Though I would come straight to you. This is so scary. Do you tell on them? Well, there's one very important piece of information before you make that decision, which is you know who did the graffiti, and the suspense is killing me. It was your older brother, Lucas. <gasps> oh no, not Lucas! No, Carl, you don't actually have a brother, Lucas. You aren't a school kid. This is just a story, remember? No, I know, I know. Okay, that's fine. All right. Anyway, Lucas, your fake brother, he's a really good person, and he's a great painter. I mean, the detail of these emojis is just impressive. And besides, he's a really good big brother. He's always looking out for you. So, what do you do? Okay. Uh, give me a second. This one's super hard. Okay, to give you a moment, let's go to our final thinking question for today. And remember, you can pause the show to weigh this up. And the question is: Would you tell on your sibling in this situation? Hit pause now. 
So, Carl, what would you do? Um, look, you got to think about the last story for longer. Okay, fine. Let's give you a little more time. And in the meantime, let's hear how our brains trust answered the question when we told them about the scenario where you have to decide whether to tell on your sibling, whether it's a brother or a sister. Like, if it's uh, something to my family, I will break as many rules if I, as I have to for my family. That That's a hard one because, like, it's your family member, but you can't not also make up some lie, but you could take the blame. Well, family has to come first because, like, they're the person you'll probably be with, like, the rest of your life. It doesn't matter if you're my brother or sister or really close friend. It's it's not the right thing to do. It, and that um, that's actually going to cost a lot of money to um, fix. Yeah. And it's also for their own good. At first, they might not see it, though. They'll see, like, oh, my gosh, you snitched on me. I don't love you no more. But, um... But, like, that's actually helping them. It's just that sticks in your mind and puts them at the top. And rules are later in your life, and it all comes down to primal instinct. But I can also think of loads of situations where you wouldn't necessarily protect a loved one. Like if they committed a really terrible crime. You know, Carl, it's true what many of those kids were saying. Most of us are taught that, you know, family comes first before anything else. So, Jen Morton from the City College of New York. I love my family, but do you really need to stand up for them in situations like this? Do you owe them that much? That's a really excellent question. Philosophers have thought a lot about this. Because it seems like, from an ethical point of view, everybody should count equally. Your family shouldn't get special treatment. And yet, family is, for most of us, a really important aspect of our lives. And you might think that that comes with special obligations. Okay, so Janet, feels like what you're saying, except in some very extreme situations, family does come before rules. Is that right? No, that's not quite right. I think it's really hard to draw the line, though. So suppose that you are given two pieces of chocolate and you want to eat one and you have one that you can give away. In that scenario, it seems perfectly reasonable to say that, yes, you can prefer your family over a friend, over your classmate and give your brother the chocolate. But if what's at stake is an innocent person being punished for something that your brother did, then I think it gets a lot trickier. So Plato, an ancient Greek philosopher, thought that kids should be raised communally. That is, that we shouldn't have families at all. And he thought this because he thought family actually often led you astray from what justice required. That does make things complicated. Thanks, Jen. That was Jen Morton from the City College of New York. All right, everyone. See you next time. Wait, Shamita, how did you get more cake in here? There's so much more cake left in the fridge. I just took a little slice. Have some, Carl. (sighs) Unbelievable. Now, today we've jumped into a few different situations to decide when it is and isn't okay to tell on someone. So what should I do about you, Shamita? My decision to dob on you might have to take into account whether you could be in danger or whether the punishment was going to be really harsh or unfair. Or, like one of our brains trusts said not long ago, I have to think about whether I need to be loyal to you and whether I want to risk you not liking me anymore if I tell on you. Would you tell on me if I was your sister? Yeah, but you're not. 
Okay, what if you thought the rule was stupid? Well, it isn't. Okay, okay, look. What I've decided to do... Is... Hey, Shamita. Hey, Carl, how's how's New York? Are you loving Brooklyn or what? Hey, Amy Pearl. Uh, Amy, New York is a blast. And, and by the way, happy birthday. Oh, thanks, Carl. I've been totally daydreaming about this chocolate cake all day. You know what? I don't care what time it is. I'm going to go cut it right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great idea. <laughs> My mom's so cool. She makes the best chocolate souffle cake. You know what? You guys can all have some. I'm not going to keep it to myself. It's right here in the fridge. That's a really, that's a really good idea. What happened to my cake here? There's all these little pieces missing. What the heck? Uh, look, Amy, about that, I... You know, like, who would go into the fridge and, like, take pieces out of my cake? Amy, uh... It's my birthday! About that? There's something you should know. No, Carl, don't. Well, we have to look at. Oh my God, look over there. So, what do you think I should have done in this situation? What should I have said or not said to Amy? We'd love you to send us your ideas. So, just head to our website, and at the bottom of the page, there's a link to write to us. You can find us at abc.net. Dot au slash short and curly, all one word. And while you're there, why not tell us what you think of the show? Now, we wanted to say a big thank you to the students in our Brains Trust today from Cleveland Middle School in Oklahoma. And IS318 in Brooklyn, New York. Plus an extra special thank you to our actors in each school story today. This special season of Short and Curly was a team effort between Australia and the United States. Yay! Team Carl is from ABC Audio Studios, part of the very grown-up sounding Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Corporation, corporation, corporation. And Team Shamita is from WNYC Studios in the Big Apple, New York City. The creator and series producer of Short and Curly is Kyla Slarvin. The executive producers of our cross-Atlantic adventure are Emily Botine and Ian Walker. Our sound engineers are Isaac Jones, Hamish Camilleri, and Jolyn Camilleri. Production support from Sarah Sandback and Bridget Burja. And Amy Pearl is just plain awesome. Amy Pearl is just plain awesome. Hey, and also, we got to thank the big bosses. These two people made our adventure to New York possible. Kelly Reardon, head of ABC Audio Studios, and Dean Capello, head of WNYC Studios. And finally, if you're curious to hear the slightly different American version of these episodes, just go to picklepodcast.com. That's pickle, P-I-C-K-L-E, podcast.com.